0: Well, we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers this morning. God bless you. Amen. God's good. Yeah. So good he gave us mamas. Yes. I was looking for a card for my mother, and, uh, you know, I was going to look for, you know, I'm, I'm more mature now, and uh, so I was going to look for a real serious card, and, and I, th- I was standing there thinking, you know, you're talking to yourself, I was talking to myself, I said, "Now look. You know she expects more of you than that. She wouldn't know what to do if she opened up a serious card from you. So I sent her a card and said on the front, it said, Mom, thanks for loving me the most. Then you open it up and says, Even though you pretend to love us all equally. So, you know, hallelujah. I told my sister about that, and somehow she didn't find it nearly as funny, but I I did, so... Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. You know, Pastor Ron put that uh, together with the, the mom assistant, but how true was that? Oh, glory. Where, where can I find one? Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. What's that? Yeah. Hallelujah. But uh, God's good, amen, and, and we're grateful. You know, just before I get into my message, you know, if you're believing for things for your children this year, something is about to open up there. And, uh, you know, none of us have perfect families. And I just, I just feel led of the Lord to say this. Sometimes we think, you know, when we come to a word church, that somehow I'm less than if something's not quite right. And I see that in like the area of healing, uh, family, things like depression, anxiety. Now, none of those are God's will. Don't misunderstand me. And God wants to free you from it. But He has a hard time freeing you if you're dealing with guilt and shame, you know, if you're dealing with something with your family, your kids, your grandkids, maybe they're not living right, maybe, I don't know, and, and you think to yourself, well, you know, I taught them right, then you did your job. You did what you were supposed to do. I expect a little more help than that. Can I buy an amen in here this morning? right? You, you, ha, what, what, whatever it's worth to you. But, but the point is, is it's going to change. And, and if you'll begin to direct your prayers this way, that Lord, you know, very often we pray, you know, specifically about them, Lord, save them, Lord. Jesus said, we pray the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers into his harvest. Amen. Amen. And I don't know who all this is for, but listen, they love you. They love you. When, when, when somebody's dealing with a darkened perception, they, they, they can't show that love, that affection. But they do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't, don't let the enemy beat you up. I mean, think about it. The biggest, let me say it this way. The biggest screw up in the world, the devil, is telling you where you've messed up. He was, in, he was the cherub that covered the throne of God. He was created for that purpose. And he messed it up by his own choice. There are things you're dealing with in your family that are not your choice. They're the choices of other people. And you let the enemy beat you up about it, and it hinders your faith. Well, I want, I'm your pastor. I want to set you free today. Don't, 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 don't blame yourself one more day because it's not you. It's a choice somebody else made. Whatever that's worth. And there are parents in here, you're dealing with repercussions for doing the right thing. You did what was right. And people that aren't thinking right called you wrong. Well, I got help for you. Who cares? If you did the right thing, you did the right thing. And Jesus said, when you've done the right thing and you get persecuted for it, he said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. You know what that word rejoice means? It means to be calmly peaceful. Amen. I don't know who that's for, but there you go. Let's go to John 17. I want to deal with this subject today, the knowledge of the truth. And uh, the Lord's been talking to me about this, and, and uh, I was talking to my wife, and I said, you know, it, uh, it kind of seems like an elementary subject. And she said, seems like stability to me. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's an author, his name's Andy Andrews. And you may have heard of Andy Andrews. He's a best-selling author. He's a Christian man. He's not, all of his books are not necessarily in the Christian genre, but they are all have uh, Christian references. And he wrote a book. Now, when I say the title, you're going to go, what? Well, he wrote a book called How Do You Kill 11 Million People? How Do You Kill 11 Million People? It's about that big. You can read it over your lunch hour if you're a decent reader. The, the whole context of it is talking about the Holocaust and what Hitler did in World War II. The premise is this. How do you kill 11 million people? You lie to them. You lie to them. The, 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 the Germans, the Gestapo, uh, uh, Hitler's main guys, Adolf Eichmann, they would go into cities where... And they would establish what they called the, the 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 Jewish ghettos, and they would put up barbed wire around that area and bring all the Jews there. And then, when they got the cars ready, Eichmann and his men they would come in. They would lie to them, and they'd say something like this: They'd say, "You know, we're sorry that we've had to do this, and and we're sorry for all the inconvenience, but we can now tell you that the Russians are advancing." And we need to get everybody out of here as quickly as we can. We're going to take you and your families to a better place. Uh, The men are going to have jobs. The wives are going to be able to stay at home. Uh, Your kids are going to go to school. And then they would tell the fathers, we want you to take your families and move orderly into the cars. They said, now it's going to be cramped, but we're going to a better place. They intentionally would have a small show of arms. Very, very small compared to the number of people they were putting in the cars. What would make all people that could have easily rose up and stopped that just get on the car? You lied to them. In Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, My Struggle, he wrote this. He said, how fortunate it is for leaders that men do not think. And he said something. He said, if you're going to lie, tell a big lie. And tell it all the time. And tell it over and over and over and over again. He said, the bigger the lie, and the more you say it, the more they'll believe it. Most people in Germany read that book and still didn't do anything. Think about this. You lie to them. And then once they're on the cattle car and the padlock's on the door, it's too late. Do you see this? The truth is more important now than it's ever been. The truth. The truth. It's, It's not a time to panic. It's not a time for the church. Listen, we have the truth. And the truth will always ruin. But here's the thing. Lies hold people in bondage. The truth makes free. In John 17 and verse 17, it says, very familiar verse here, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth many, 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 many years ago, that's the verse that revolutionized my thinking. The word is truth. The the word that you have in front of you is truth. That word truth means what is true in any matter under consideration. The word is truth regarding that. Any matter under consideration, the word is truth. And so whatever you're dealing with, the word is the truth concerning that amen. That's the handbook. That's, that's what we look to. And, you know, all statements about the word are not truth, but the word's absolute truth. And here's what I mean by that. People say, well, you know, it's like the Bible said, cleanliness is next to godliness. Well, that's not true. I mean, I mean, I I guess, you know, God likes you to be clean. But that's not in the Bible. That's something your grandma came up with or somebody. Right? How about this? Well, you know, the Bible says God won't put any more on you than you can bear. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Word. It said he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to bear. And he will, with the temptation, make a way to escape. See, the truth is greater than the religious statement because the statement, God won't put any more on you than you can bear. That sounds good, but it leaves you bearing it. Is that right? So that's a statement about the word, but it's not true. The truth is he said I could take whatever I'm bearing and cast it on him because he cares for me. Jesus said, if you are laboring and heavy laden, come to me and take my yoke on you and you'll find that my yoke's easy and my burden's light. That's truth. Amen. So in order for the word to have the effect in my life that it could have, I have to view it as absolute truth. This is what the word says. This is the direction. Notice here in Matthew 4. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and we'll read through all of this because I want you to see something. Matthew chapter 4, and this is where your thinking always goes back to, what's the truth say? What's the truth say? You hear this, but what's the truth say? They say this, but what's the truth say? In Matthew 4, verse 1, Jesus, then Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if you're the son of God. Now, we're going to read on, but the first thing the enemy will always do is question the truth. If, if you're the son of God. Well, if you were healed, you'd feel better. If you were blessed, you'd have more. If your children are going to serve the Lord, they'd be changing. Now, wait a minute. To all of those things, what's the word say? With his stripes, you are healed. Is that right? Is that right? I have given, it's given to me. All my needs are supplied according to his riches and glory. Is that right? That's the truth. Amen. Amen. All my children are taught of the Lord and great is the peace of my children. Right? I'll contend with them that contend with you and I'll save your children. My children will grow up around my table like olive plants. Is that right? My children will rise up and call me blessed. Now here's my point. Is that what the truth says? So it's not just that we're not paying attention to what's going on. The other, if the truth says that, then what the other is saying must be a lie. If you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, it's written. The Wust Bible says it is written and is presently on record. Everything God has said there's a record of it. And it's not just in the record of the Bible that you have. It's on record in heaven. God spoke it, and it's on record there. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3. Then the devil takes him up into the holy city, sets him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, notice, if, if you're the son of God, Cast yourself down, for it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you. Psalm 91, 11 and 12. He'll give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they will bear you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, both of those are scriptures. You see, both of those are scriptures. So what's what's the issue here? They contradict each other. Scripture don't contradict each other. They're both truth. God will bear you up. But he said don't tempt God. The devil's twisting the truth. You understand? Again, the devil takes him to an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, the glory of them. He said, all these things I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. Jesus said, get hence, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil leaves him, and behold, angels come and minister to him. Every time the devil made a statement, Jesus answered, and he answered with the truth. The truth is not the flashy answer. It's the effective answer. People get into trouble when they want more than the truth. I've learned that over the years. When when you want more than the truth, you get into trouble. Well, I know that my children, according to the word of God, you know, God God says great is their peace and, and, and that uh, I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and so uh, I'm saved, and, and my household. But you know, I'd just like a little more confirmation. You'll get into trouble looking for more than just the truth. Somebody can come up and tell you, yea, yea, thus saith the Lord, your children shall be saved. But if that's what you want, then what you're saying is that what you read is not enough I need something to supplement that right when the centurion came to Jesus and he said my servants at home very sick and Jesus said I'll come and heal him and I'll for the sake of time I'll I'll move quickly through that and 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 uh uh He said, uh, I know about authority. I say to one go, he goes. I say to another, come and he comes. I say to this man, do this, and he does it. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. No, not in Israel. Because the centurion said, just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Well, I don't know what he knew about the word of God, but here's what he knew about Jesus. If Jesus said it, that's enough. If the word says it, it's enough. Now, you may or may not get something besides that. Somebody might give you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Those are wonderful things. And I believe that that God uses those. But understand something. At some point, God will expect you to exist on a diet of the Word. And everything else is supplemental. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the word is the effective answer. The word is the two-edged sword. One edge of that sword is when God said it, and the other edge is when you say it. It cut going when God said it, and it cuts coming when you say it. It's the sharpest sword on the battlefield. It's the most dangerous weapon we have. And the enemy cannot stand up to it. It just can't because it's too effective. The Bible says that the Word of God is sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a living thing. It never loses its dullness. You never have to sharpen the Word. The Word is razor sharp every day that you use it. It's the effective answer because truth is... Cuts through all of the all of the peripheral issues and goes straight to the heart of the matter. Truth is what truth is what makes people free, but truth is what makes people that live a lie mad. Because truth cuts to the heart of the matter. Is that right? Truth. What is truth? Now, notice this. Slogans, learned statements are not necessarily the truth. And they're of no help in a confrontation with the enemy. No help whatsoever. Just slogans. You know, spiritual slogans. They're of no help in a confrontation with the enemy. He has to be answered with the truth. A lie has to be answered with the truth. That's why we've got to know the truth. In John chapter 8, Jesus makes a statement. We'll look at, at a few of verses here, but we'll start in verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And the result of continuing in my word is that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You will know it. The word know is to perceive or to understand. You'll perceive the truth. If you continue in the truth, if you continue in my word, you will perceive, you will understand the truth. To be effective, the word, the truth, has to be understood. If I don't understand it, I can't be effective with it. This is important. Because it's the knowledge of the truth that makes free. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because what you don't understand can be stolen. Matthew 13, 19, talking about the word being sowed into the heart of an individual. It said, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, see, then comes the wicked one. When when does he come? When you don't understand it. The word cannot just be taken from you. You have to give it up. And one way that it's given up is no understanding, no knowledge of the Word of God. That's why you can even get a hold of good word of faith statements. I believe I receive. I name it and claim it. I blab it and grab it. I confess it and possess it. Those are all right, and we do all of those. But if that's it, if I just have the slogan, and I don't have the knowledge of the truth behind it, then I can blab and and try to grab and blab and not grab anything. My confession will not bring possession because confession is born of faith. And faith is born of truth. Faith is born of what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. How does faith dissipate? By not hearing. The more you hear, the more faith comes. The less you hear, the less faith comes. Now, that seems elementary, but here's, here's the thing. If truth, which is the word, produces faith, and I need to live by faith and walk by faith and see by faith and talk by faith and hear by faith, that means the diet of truth must be what I'm consistently pouring into my spirit. Amen. Amen. So what you don't understand can be stolen. Understanding requires two things, time and effort. I have to put the time in. I have to put the effort in. The the, the Holy Spirit cannot illuminate something you're making no effort to know. If I'm not making an effort to know it, the Holy Spirit can't illuminate it. Because that's what he said he would do. He said he would bring all things to your remembrance that you were taught. So it requires time and effort. Hallelujah. In uh, Mark 4, and verse 24, in the Amplified Bible, Mark 4, 24, it says concerning uh, the very thing about the word, he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Well, I mean, you can take that as, you know, be careful what you're hearing. Don't be hearing a bunch of doubt and a bunch of unbelief. But the context is, when you're hearing the word, be careful with what you're hearing. Because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure that comes back to you. and more he said besides will be given to you who hear so that means hearing is not a one time thing that means the measure of thought and study that i give to it determines the level that it comes back to me amen now a very a very oversimplified illustration of that is you know people that they know everything that's going on in the world because they give diligent thought and study to what's happening in the world I mean you name the news outlet they they know the anchors they know when they come on they know what they're going to be talking about oh i got to hurry up cuz uh, Tucker Carlson's going to be talking about this tonight and i want to see this well why do you want to see it I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong if you do. But what what if that same person made that same effort about the Word? Woo, I want to get home tonight because Brother Copeland's talking about this on his program. Oh, I want to get home because Brother Jerry's talking about this tonight. Now, see, that seems oversimplified. But he said, the measure of thought and study I give to the truth I hear is the way it comes back to me. Hallelujah. In John 8, you're right there in John 8. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And notice this, abode not in the truth, Because there was no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. This is so important. Notice what it says. He did not abide in the truth. The Woos Bible says he did not maintain his standing in the truth. The Ben Campbell Campbell Johnson translation says he swerved from the truth. That This is what's so important about this. The devil didn't stay in the truth. He could have. He didn't just wake up one day and become the devil. He swerved from the truth. He did not maintain his standing in the truth. Hallelujah. He could have, but he didn't. Because he swerved, because he didn't stay in the truth, and swerve from the truth, notice, there's no truth in him. If I'm not in truth, there's no truth in me. So when he speaks, it's a lie. Amen? The devil can speak something that's true, but it's with deceptive intentions. There's no truth in him. The Lord's been warning me for four years about deception. And and, and he talked to me about consistently praying, and I do consistently pray, that the sword of the tongue of deceit would be dulled and the sword of the tongue of truth would be sharpened to a razor's edge. He said to me, don't listen to things that deceive and don't be deceived and don't listen to anything that would deceive. It's deception. Deception leads to strife. Strife leads to open doors. The Lord told a friend of ours, a minister friend of ours, uh, told her, he said, he said uh, strife has the same frequency as COVID and every other sickness. And when you get in strife, you get in fear You get it. You're on the same frequency. Amen. That's why the truth says what? Avoid strife. That means you're not getting involved in all the political fray. I got to stand up for what's right. Stand up for what's right, not just your political conviction. If, if the political conviction is because of what's right, let's stand up for it. But we stand up for the truth. Do, do, do you see this? Hallelujah. So when he speaks, it's a lie. So while it's elementary, if you know it's the devil, then you should know it's a lie. Now, wait a minute. What's the Bible say about a liar? They will not prosper. You know what Proverbs says? It says a dishonest man will not prosper. Boy, not one amen. Not one. Well, I can't buy a hallelujah. That, that's good news because that means... The enemy's not going to prosper. I know you got dinner on your mind. The enemy's not going to prosper because he's lying to you. I'll hurry up. So there's no truth in the devil. That means when he speaks, it's a lie. Your words expose who you are. When the devil lies, he's just doing what's natural to him. Just what comes natural to him. He speaks in line with his character. The devil speaks in line with his character. Hallelujah. He's expressing his nature. And so Jesus said that these people that he was dealing with would not receive the truth about who Jesus was. And Jesus says, It was because they were of their father, the devil. Now, that's not a real politically correct statement. Why does so-and-so not believe the truth? Other Of their father, the devil. How would that play? (laughs) Well, it wouldn't go over very good, but is it true? Mm, It's true. It's true. Well, you know, we're all God's children. No, that's a lie. We're not all God's children. You're only God's child if you're saved. You understand? You, you just stick with the truth. That, that way you avoid knee jerk reactions. Hallelujah. In Romans 1, stability. Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Now, remember that God, uh, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul, is talking about people, according to verse 21, that knew God and glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain or empty or foolish in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. So whose fault was it that their heart or their perception became darkened? Theirs. They knew God. does it say they knew God. But they didn't glorify Him as God. And they weren't thankful. But they became foolish or empty or vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, or in light of that, God gave them up. Know what it says? God gave them up. Now, this is truth. I'll hear people say, well, God didn't give people up. You better take that out of the Bible. What's that simply mean? God will allow you to do whatever you want to do. If you want to believe a lie, God will let you. Well, that's not right. Oh, it's perfectly right. It's perfectly just. Well, it's not fair. God's not fair. God's just. Listen, if you want to judge by fairness, there's some of y'all in here, it's not fair that God saved you the same way He saved me. Well, we were all sinners. Yeah, but you were a big one. <laughs> Amen? Now, see, if we, if we talk about fair, glory to God. But watch the truth say. The truth says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the truth. Right? But notice, this is not God angry. This is not God giving up. This is not God washing his hands of people. It says they wanted to keep doing this, and God said, go ahead. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Did, do you see that? To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed, now this is where I wanted to get you, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creator, the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now notice, they changed the truth for a lie. The word change is to exchange. They knew the truth, they had the truth, and they exchanged the truth for a lie. See, truth doesn't just go away. You don't just stop believing truth. You've got to exchange it. That makes sense? Yep. You don't just one day wake up and decide God doesn't heal. You have to be thinking on the lie. And you have to exchange the truth of healing for the lie that God doesn't always heal. Amen. It has to be exchanged. If, if you get something for Christmas that either didn't fit or you didn't like, I know nobody ever gets anything you don't like, but something you didn't like and they left you the receipt, what can you do? Go exchange it. Is that right? But if you get some socks for Christmas that you don't like, And you've got the receipt, you don't like them, and you won't go exchange them, right? Then you still got the socks. If you have the truth, and you won't exchange it, what are you going to keep? The truth. And what makes you free? What is the word? What changes your life? Don't exchange it. Don't trade it in. It's the truth. See, a lie, Lord, help me say this right. Let let me me start with the truth. The truth always works, but you have to stand for truth. Nobody stands for a lie because the lie will be different next week. right? The lie will be different next week. We'll we'll get into that in just a moment. But you've got to stand for truth. You can't exchange truth. Truth is the same today as it was ever when it was written. Ever when it was given, it's still truth. It doesn't matter what laws they enact to try to make something right. If the truth says it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, you know, doing that is legal in my state. It doesn't matter if it's legal in a state; if it's not right according to truth, it's wrong. Amen. Amen. Think think about this for a moment. Now, now, if I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, I I have not I have not even I have not even touched a cigarette in I don't know how many years. But here's the thing. I'm assuming this. When you go buy a pack of cigarettes, now don't raise your hand if you know, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm assuming that when you buy a pack of cigarettes, it still says on the side, Surgeon General's warning. And I saw one one time that said, cigarette smoking causes death. Right? Now, does it say the Surgeon General has found that it causes death? Lung cancer. Heart problems, emphysema. Does it say that? Did that person buy that willingly? And then, if they get something that's on the side of that package, whose fault was it? All I know is Marlboro's fault. Wasn't it? Then, how is it right that people sue them? When they bought it. Oh, uh, pastor, they they need to they need to pay for what they did to people. Did they do it or did people do it to themselves? You hear what I'm trying to say? Was the love of money did it keep them putting that poison in people? Of course. But at any time they could have said I'm not going to do it. Well, you know, they made, they made uh, 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 weed uh, legal in this state. They can make it legal all they want. It's still not right according to the Word of God. Well, you know it's for medicinal purposes. Come on, man. Come on. I, I have dealt with far too many addicts for you to try to blow that smoke somewhere. That's ridiculous. I said that's ridiculous. They're exchanging the truth for a lie. They're exchanging the truth for a lie. Well, you know it's it's okay to drink as a Christian just moderation. That's exchanging the truth for a lie. That's exchanging the truth for a lie. You, you understand? Now, there are people that disagree with you, but see, the truth has to be stood for. The truth has to be stood for. Think think, think about this for a moment. As a pastor, I have this responsibility. I know Sister Deborah's a teacher. She has these kind of responsibilities, too. If somebody came to me and said, look, uh, uh, one of the children, if one of my workers came to me and said, look, we have a child in the back, uh, in the nursery or in the children's ministry, and it's very evident that they're being abused. Right, the the marks are there. Uh, uh, you know, it's very evident that this child is being abused. Or the child pulled me to the side and said something about about dad or uncle or somebody that somebody did something. You know, I am under a legal obligation to call law enforcement when that report is made. Right? And, and and a teacher is too. You understand? But here's here's what I'm trying. It's the truth that you're standing for. I don't hate anybody, but I gotta stand for what's right. Does that make sense? And the truth always produces freedom. But there's that interim where standing for the truth at times is uncomfortable. You know, I like everybody, and I I really like that everybody likes me. Makes life easy. But I've had people get mad at me because you stand for the truth. But I know the truth will make you free. And Paul said here, they had to exchange the truth for a lie. They had to trade it in. Verse 28 says, well, actually, verse 27. Well, let's start in verse 26. And for this cause, what cause? They exchanged the truth for a lie. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Now, see, now stop right there. I, I, I'm going to teach on this in just a moment. He said, lesbianism is against nature. Is that what he said? Now, is that truth? Is that popular? Now, here, but here's the question I should ask you. Is that popular with the world? It should be very popular with the church. Well, we don't want anybody to think we don't love them. That, that, that's not the issue. It, listen, do you love somebody? Because you don't, is it, not telling them the truth, loving them. What's love? Tell the truth. If I look at you and say, boy, I love you, and then lie to you, do I? No. Because I don't care what you think. I don't care how I hurt you. I don't care care that I was dishonest with you. With love comes honesty. With love comes dedication. With love comes commitment. To what? The person you love. I love you, Lord. Then don't exchange the truth for a lie. Does that make sense? So he says it was against nature. And likewise... The men leaving the natural use of the woman. So what's he say? That the natural thing is for a man to want a woman and a woman to want a man. So the world says it's an alternate lifestyle. God says it's unnatural. Now I'm not just harping on that. I'm saying this is what Paul is saying and talking about. What's the truth? If I exchange the truth, I get a lie. Right? Burned in their lust one toward another. Now, notice that again. It didn't say love. It said lust. Unnatural lust. Let that sink in. What's the world say? can't help who you love. It's unnatural lust, according to the truth. Yeah, but pastor, we love everybody. Yes, we do. We love everybody. But if they're in that type of relationship, it's not love. It's unnatural lust. Is that the truth? Then notice. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat the word means right correct now you decide whatever that is i've had people say that's disease or or that's whatever listen he says there's a recompense that's coming to people that live that way it could be at the final judgment It could be today. It could be present on the earth. But here's the thing. He says it's right. Is that what the truth says? Why they exchange the truth. When you exchange the truth for a lie, you take away the protection the truth provides. Right? Right? You want want, want to to know the answer to teen pregnancy? Teach them the truth that sex is for marriage. Would that solve it? If if every young person was taught that and believed that, would it fix the problem? It would fix the problem because the truth makes you free. Amen. Amen. I said "Amen." amen. Do you see that? So, so we wouldn't have 14, 15, 16-year-old young ladies that are not ready for a child having a child if, if they heard the truth. But when you exchange it for a lie, well, you need to be, you need to be open. You need to explore your feelings. We need to teach you the, about this in school, and, and we need to have sex education, and we need to do the, See, it's exchanging the truth for a lie. And as a Christian parent, if you leave the school to do what you're supposed to be doing, I got quiet. Well, I'm uncomfortable with that subject. The school isn't. People that have exchanged the truth for a lie are not uncomfortable with it. If the church is the foundation of truth, then we have to be talking truth. Oh, glory. Amen. Where were we? Verse 28. Is that where we were? And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. What did God do? Because they didn't want Him. Gave them over to a reprobate mind. A mind void of judgment. To do those things that are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of every envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. Why are they without natural affection? Because they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie and are living in unnatural relationships. They don't know what love is. You know, years ago, years ago, Pastor Michelle and I homeschooled our kids. Years ago, we were warned about an organization that was starting in in Colorado, around the Colorado Springs area. It was called NAMBLA, N-A-M-B-L-A, North American Man-Boy Love Association. It was so sickening then that there was actually an organization of grown men that were admitting that they liked little boys. Now we've got college professors saying that we don't need to call them pedophiles because it makes them feel bad. And they need to be called persons with underage attraction. What? That's exchanging the truth for a lie. Now, I know, I know this is a, a, an obvious question, but how many of you with little children, you're okay with somebody like that teaching your kids? But the lie says you should be. Be open to it. Because after all, you can't help who you love. You can't help that you're attracted to children. Now, does that sound sick? How does that happen? Change the truth for a lie. And if you keep, if you listen, I'm, I'm here and I, I'm being led of the Lord. I've told men over the years, I've talked to men that would get involved in pornography. And I said, you better get out of that. And not only because it's a sin, because where you're at with it right now, in six months, you'll need something worse. And in a year, you'll need something worse. And that's why they go from conventional pornography and they end up over here in child pornography because the flesh, listen, the flesh is never satisfied. That will not satisfy the flesh long term. There's got to be more and more shock value. Anybody that's dealt with addiction, you know I'm telling you the truth. The first time you did a shot of cocaine, it was the most wonderful experience you had ever known in your life. And the second hit was less. And the third was less. And not only did you need more, you needed it more frequently. Amen. Exchange the truth of God for a lie. There's a reason the truth says, I will put no wicked thing before my eyes. There's a reason Job said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I've made a covenant with my eyes. There's a reason. Because you you can't think that's not gonna hurt you. It's a lie. And when you exchange the truth of God for a lie, and you start believing that there's some health benefit and somehow it makes you more well rounded or it makes your marriage better. It's a lie. I say it's a lie. Is that right? and and have you got to be cautious with that. Well pastor, you know, this seems kind of kind of uh, uh, straight. It is straight. You can't exchange the truth of God for a lie and expect to consistently receive the benefits of truth. People will say, "Well, my flesh is just out. oh, my my flesh is just out of control." No, it's in control. Flesh is always out of control. And when it's in control, you get out of control. Don't exchange the truth of God for a lie. What's the truth say? I'm I'm not a the the truth says I will not that that sin will not have dominion over me. Is that right? The Bible says I'm crucified with Christ. My, My old flesh, my old man doesn't live. Christ lives in me. I can do how many things through Christ? I can overcome anything that comes my way. I can overcome any doubt, any fear, any sin, any failure. I can overcome it because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's the truth. Don't exchange that for a lie. See, the lie is, well, just, just you know, just learn to live with it. It's okay. Just, just go find a body that affirms what you are. Well, if they're affirming you with a lie, how are you ever going to be free? I got one for you that you wouldn't think, that you wouldn't think of. When, when I first, you know, I went through a tough time in my life, ended up going through a divorce many, 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 many years ago. And when I came back to the Lord, I say came back to the Lord, when I straightened up, you know, there were people that they wouldn't say it, but there was sure enough the impression left, that, you know, you're damaged goods now because you've been divorced. I mean, after all, you can't be as anointed now. And you don't know, have to deal with that. Let me ask you a question. Number one, and I, I say it this way. People say, well, God hates divorce. Right. And those same people that will run their mouth to you about how God hates divorce will gossip and backbite and get offended And the Bible says God hates that too. Here's the thing. Now, when I say this, you do whatever you want. You do your own study. But you know what I have never found in the Bible? That somebody that's been divorced will go to hell. I saw where it said adulterers, fornicators. Well, the Bible says if a man puts away his wife, he's an adulterer. If a man puts away his wife, Read the context. He came home, and he just decided to put her away. I don't like you anymore. There you go. Let me go get me a new one. That's, that's sin. I said, that's sin. But if you get a divorce, if it is a sin, is it forgivable? Is there any sin that's not forgivable? Just One. Blaspheme God, and and divorce isn't it. The reason I'm telling you this, don't buy into the lie. Don't exchange the truth of God for a lie. If you went through a relationship difficulty and your marriage ended, God will forgive you, God will show you grace, and God God will fix it. Hallelujah. Let me hurry, I'm, I'm almost done. Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God... That they which commit, now notice, they know the judgment of God. That they that commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. If you listen long enough to a lie, you'll eventually put your approval on the lie, regardless of what God says. Well, you know, you can't help who you love. I mean, how can loving somebody be wrong? If you listen to that long enough, you'll put your approval on it. Can't be. Can't be. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, it's not a convenient time for me to have a child, so it's okay to abort it. It's just not convenient. You see, if you listen to that lie, don't tell me what to do with my body. It's not your body. It's the child's body. Isn't it interesting? We call our heart, our heart, our liver, our liver, right? <laughs> and when a lady's pregnant, she talks about her baby. Not her massive cells. They they come home excited with the ultrasound to grandma and grandpa. Oh, we saw the baby today. Saw the baby. Isn't that interesting? When it's wanted, it's a baby. When it's not wanted, it's an inconvenience. Now, you can change the truth of God for a lie. But it doesn't make the lie truth. And it doesn't make the truth a lie. I'm going to say it loud and proud. I told my wife the other day, I'm going to get louder about it. I'm going to be even more vocal. I pray to God I pray to God that that leaked decision is absolutely the truth. I cannot wait for abortion to be overturned on a federal level. I can't wait for it to come back to the states because there are states like Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, even Kansas to an extent that have said if Roe v. Wade's overturned, it will immediately become illegal in that state. I pray, God, that happens. I pray it happens just. I, I pray it happens just as quick as possible. Why? Because every day there are over five thousand children aborted in America. To date, there have been sixty-three million unborn children aborted in this nation, and it needs to stop. Yes. Amen. Needs to stop. God. Yeah. Amen. Let them whine. I'm just going to tell you, let them whine. Let them cry. Oh, they're trying to tell me what to do with my body. No, we're not trying to tell anybody what to do with their body. We're telling you that when you have a life on the inside of you, to take that life is murder. Bottom line. Yeah, but that makes people feel bad. Listen. If if I'm living in sin and I'm doing something in sin, at some point I need to feel bad about what I'm doing. Every one of us in here, when we got born again, we were convicted of our sin. We felt bad about the way we were living. And the moment that we answered and responded to that call of conviction, it instantly lifted. All condemnation, all shame left. Why? Because that's what God wants. That's what God desires. And when I respond to the truth, I get free. Oh, glory. Amen. Amen. Let me say this in closing. If a person thinks wrong, they'll see wrong. And if they see wrong, they'll act wrong. In John 18 is where we'll end. John chapter 18, verse 36. It says, Jesus answered, he's answering Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. That I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate said unto him, notice, are you a king? Jesus said, you say, I'm a king. To this end I was born. For this cause I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Notice this. Everyone that's of the truth hears my voice. We are of the truth. We hear the voice of the Lord. We hear the word, the voice of the word. The word makes perfect sense to us. We agree with God's ways. We agree with God's plans because we're of the truth. I say, we're of the truth. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Say it out loud. Say, I am of the truth. I the truth. So I hear God's voice. I hear, God's I, hear His plans. I hear His plans. I hear His directions. I hear His direction. I'm, of the truth. I'm of the truth. I agree with God's plans. I agree with, I agree with His truth. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yeah. God is so good yeah. to He's us. There are good things happening. I say there's good things happening. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's bow this morning in prayer. We just always want to make this opportunity available, whether you're watching online or here in the room with us. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. Ever what you may be dealing with, you may be dealing with some of the things that we talked with today, talked about today. There's freedom in Jesus. And I just want to give you the opportunity to make him your Lord. Whether you're watching online, in the room, you're not sure that Jesus is your Lord, very easily remedied, just say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that Jesus was born into the earth, that He lived a sinless life, that He died on the cross for my sin, that three days later He rose from the grave and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I now believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I receive Him In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that with us, we believe you're born again. Whether it's your first time or you're coming back to the Lord online or here, God bless you. Thank you for that opportunity. Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? We'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock for another great service, believing God for great things, moving of the Holy Ghost. The glory flow is open, and we're believing God for great things. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. We look forward to seeing you a little bit later. God's so good to us. Amen. Well, come on, say it with me today, would you? The vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. And you and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.